Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. How are you? I'm good. How are you this evening? Fantastic. Halloween is complete. We're moving into November, which means it's Christmas. That's correct. <laughs> yes. It is the Christmas tree went up at midnight on October 31st. So November 1st. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, truly, I did put it up on November 1st. I was I was in a, a, a mood. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We could be Christmas. That's right. And so I did. And our, our Christmas tree is so small. It's like not even three feet tall. So, But it is festive. And and she's wearing a cowboy hat. So She is spunky. <laughs> she, she said spunky. a little yeehaw Christmas. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Last time it was a Michigan bucket hat. That's our usual go-to because we don't have a topper. We just do a little bucket hat action because between the two of us, we're bucket hat people. Yeah, I think it's better. Well, I, the cowboy hat fits. It does too. I'm just saying, over a topper. <laughs> sure. But now we have also Thanksgiving to look forward to. It's like this part of the year is kind of the shit because Absolutely. we have three holidays back to back to back. Yeah. Right. Four. But if you count New Year's. That's a good point. Four. Okay. Well, even better than I thought. But <laughs> my question to you is, what is your top Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. Absolutely. It's a correct answer. Obviously, yeah. And my family does stuffed stuffed artichokes, which is pretty fantastic, which you will get to experience this year. Isn't that yeah, exciting for you? It's going to be a fit experience. It will. It really will. But why don't we jump into the story this Let's week? Let's jump in. Let's do it. So our story this week is not unlike the movie Wolf Creek, which is an Australian horror movie based on a true story about three backpackers who are attacked in the middle of the outback by a man who they originally sought help from. Lena Rabente watched this movie with one of her friends before her own trip to Australia, and she joked, quote, this would never actually happen. And unfortunately, our friend Lena was wrong. So that brings us to February of 2016. At the beginning of her trip, German backpacker Lena Rabente met Brazilian backpacker Beatrice in a hostel in Adelaide, Australia. Lena was on gap year and Beatrice was completing her nursing studies and had actually recently met her Australian boyfriend, James. So a lovely abroad romance was budding. I love that. Yeah. An abroad romance. Hell yeah. Is that a term? No. <laughs> Am I missing something? No, that's just what came out of my mouth. Okay. She's well, abroad we, and we, she's having some romance. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So for both of them, this was their first time traveling on their own. Both girls were 23 at the time and were searching for adventure. The more they talked, they realized that they actually had very similar travel goals. For both of them, it was their first time in Adelaide, and they both had the same destination in mind. They wanted to see the Great Ocean Road, which started in Melbourne. So because of these similarities, they decided that they should travel together. Their only problem was that they needed a ride. Australia has long been a place where backpackers flock. There's plenty of sun, the beaches are beautiful, and overall, it's a pretty safe place, if you don't count the insane wildlife. But the fact that there are so many backpackers gave at least Lena a false sense of security. They might not accept a ride from a random stranger if they were alone, but having a buddy definitely made things feel a bit safer than they actually were. 
So as many young travelers do, Beatrice posted an ad on a website called Gumtree looking for someone to drive them from Adelaide to Melbourne, which may sound a bit strange to us because we're taught you know, stranger danger. But for many backpackers and young travelers, it's pretty common to advertise where you're going to see if anyone either wants to join you or if you need a ride to join someone's car. What year is this again? 2016. There's Uber. Oh, no, but this was going to be like an eight hour drive. Okay. Well, yeah. Fly. Sure. But they're trying to be cheap or they're not, they're trying to, you know, save as much money as possible. And also the whole adventure of like, you know, being with other travelers is appealing, I guess. It's a, it's a pretty common thing. I didn't know about Gumtree, but from what I understand, it's actually not unheard of to just like post an ad and get into a random person's car. Yeah, no, that's real interesting. That's just like not something I would do. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like I said, the fact that they had each other was an added layer of safety, they thought, but we're going to learn that that isn't necessarily going to be yeah. a safety barrier. So... So Beatrice received two responses, one from a guy that she wanted to work out, and then she got a response from another man offering them a ride, but he was definitely her second choice. The first guy that agreed to take the girls to Melbourne seemed nice. He was somewhere around their age, and he was definitely their clear first choice. But the night before their trip, he was experiencing car troubles and had to cancel. So they had to go with their second choice. The man that they'd be traveling with was 59-year-old Roman Hines. Immediately? Weird. Yeah. You're a 59-year-old taking... 23-year-olds. 23-year-olds, eight hours. Yes. So there weren't any major red flags jumping out at them from his messaging, but Beatrice felt that he was a bit impatient and rude in the ways that he was answering her. And also, she didn't know that he was 59 because you don't know each other's ages, on the website, I guess that the last guy she had like a better idea that he was in the same in, in a similar age range, but she didn't expect Roman to be fifty nine. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, you don't have like a profile. I'm not entirely sure. I guess Weird. it's kind of like a Craigslist sort of He's thing. He's just like an egg. Where you're just like posting an ad. So just the way that he was getting back to her in these messages were a little bit weird. If she didn't get back to him immediately, he would send her multiple messages telling her to answer him and to be nice or just weird things like that. So that's why he was her clear second choice. But at that point, they didn't have any other options. So they decided he was their best bet. On oh, two- that sucks. I mean, what was their other option? Just the one guy whose car broke down. So he was no longer an option. Yeah, but your choice is like to not go or yes. find somebody else. Yes. Uh, it sucks. Yeah. So on Tuesday, February 9th, they arrived at the designated meeting spot where Roman had been waiting for them in his silver four-wheel drive. Their first impressions of him were that he looked a lot different than they expected. He was a lot older than they were expecting, which kind of threw them off. He was six feet, six inches tall. He had a thick mustache and was sort of balding at the front of his head. He sort of looked like a camper and fisherman type which wasn't exactly what they imagined a person offering a ride on Gumtree would look like. He kind of seemed like he was a local, and usually Gumtree is for other travelers. Yeah, okay. So it just wasn't the vibe. Yeah, so they definitely got some weird vibes, but neither of them thought that he was necessarily dangerous. Each of them said that they wouldn't have felt safe traveling with Roman alone, but since they were together, they got into his car. (laughs) 
So separately, these girls are thinking to themselves, okay, I think this guy is a little strange. I definitely wouldn't travel with him if it was just me and him, but because my friend is with me, it'll be okay. So their whole trip was going to take them about eight hours of driving. However, after two hours, Roman, without asking the girls, pulled off at Salt Creek, which is this really large and remote beach to set up camp. And it's it's a pretty popular fishing destination for people out there, but it is very remote. Like to get out to the beach requires a lot of driving and you're not going to see many people once you're out there. Also, people did camp out there, but it wasn't the best place to camp. I mean, it was a very pretty location, but the beach itself was pretty unwelcoming. There were like razor sharp shells in the sand and like other uninviting qualities to this beach. This beach is just not the move. I mean, it is the move for some people, but it was, he didn't ask. It was never a plan for them to stop off. Also, it was only an eight hour drive. So like you could do it in one day. And after only two hours, he just turned off and was like, oh, we're going to go camp here. Yeah, no. This was the first time that the girls separately had strange feelings about their situation. Splitting up their trip into two days definitely wasn't necessary since, like I said, it was only an eight-hour drive, although people did do that, so they were trying to just not freak themselves out. Up until that point, everything seemed okay. Roman was pretty quiet on the drive, but... When he did talk, he would point out things to them or tell them to take pictures, so it seemed pretty innocent. And Beatrice did, in fact, take pictures of them in the car with Roman, and then once they got to Salt Creek, she took pictures of herself out in front of the car as well. They definitely thought it was a bit weird because she said Salt Creek isn't necessarily a special place. It's just a beach in the middle of nowhere with no one around. But Beatrice took the situation as if Roman was just worried about the girls having a good time and he liked this area. So he was just taking them out there to see it. Yeah, just do not buy that whatsoever. Yeah. He drove them around the area a bit and told them about it before taking them to Tea Tree Crossing to set up camp. By that point, Lena was starting to get a bit worried. As Roman set up the tents, Lena and Beatrice sat in camping chairs a little bit further away from him and started talking about the situation. Lena asked Beatrice what she thought about Roman, and Beatrice said she definitely thought he was a little weird, but she also thought everything was going to be okay. So even though they had been traveling for just a few hours, Lena was really tired and decided she was going to take a nap in the car. And while she did that, Beatrice continued to help Roman with setting up their two tents, a small table, a few chairs, and then she changed into her bikini to take advantage of the weather. But right as they were about done setting things up, Roman told Beatrice that there were kangaroos in the area, and he had seen tracks in the sand, so he asked her if she wanted to go see them. There weren't any kangaroos around, he just wanted to get Beatrice away from the campsite, and she didn't know it at the time, but on their walk, he had with him a knife, a hammer, and some rope. They went on the walk, but since they hadn't seen any kangaroos, Beatrice was pretty uninterested in continuing to search, so she turned around to head back to camp. But as she did that, he grabbed her. For the first few split seconds, she thought that he was joking with her and started awkwardly laughing and saying it wasn't funny, but after the initial shock, she realized that this situation was not a joke. He had pushed her to the ground and was on her back with his arms around her neck. 
He then grabbed his knife and put it in the sand in front of her face. He then got the ropes that he had with him and started to tie her arms and legs together. But when Beatrice realized what he was trying to do, she grabbed the ropes from him and threw them as far as she could. But after she did that, he told her she was either going to make it easy or he was going to break her arms, which is when she decided she wasn't going to do anything to piss him off further. He then bound her wrists together and her ankles together. After that, everything happened very quickly. She had only been wearing a bikini at the time, which he had cut off with the knife and started kissing her and licking her as if she was having any kind of decent time. She started to try to convince him that what he was doing was wrong and he didn't want to do it, which angered him even more, and he began punching her in the face and telling her to shut up. By that point, she had so much adrenaline running through her that she didn't even feel the pain from the punches. The only thing she could do was focus on surviving, and she got this really terrible image in her head of her dead body in the sand dunes and her mother having to travel all the way from Brazil to identify her body. Because at that point, she wasn't fully convinced that she was going to live. She was in the middle of nowhere and was tied up, but as long as she could, she had every intention to fight back. But there wasn't much she could do in that moment. So her next move was to try and convince him to take her back to camp. She had told him that they could continue doing whatever he wanted back in the comfort of the camp and they could relax in the tent instead of out in the sand. She had him convinced that she was on his side, which is when he pulled her up from the sand and they began walking back to the camp, still with Beatrice's ankles and wrists bound. As they had almost reached the camp, she felt a sense of relief, which was cut very short when Roman's mood shifted again and he decided that he didn't like the way things were going and started pulling her back away from the camp. Beatrice knew in that moment that this was her absolute last chance to save her own life because if he pulled her away again, she had no idea what would happen to her. As he started pulling her away, she let out as loud of a scream as she could manage for Lena. When she screamed, he pushed her back down into the sand and started punching her once again. But by some miracle, Lena heard Beatrice's scream through the sound of crashing waves, the wind, through the car door, and through her nap. She sat up quickly in the car and listened as she got up and then out of the car. The car was pulled up to an opening in the dunes, so she walked around the car and started walking in the direction that she had heard the scream which is when she saw Beatrice laying naked in the sand with Roman over her. Lena immediately began shouting at him to stop and to leave her alone. He then turned back to Lena and said, quote, I just wanted to try her, which is so Ugh. disgusting. And Lena at the time didn't understand what he was saying because this all happened so fast. Roman then shifted his attention to Lena and began coming at her. So now Beatrice, who was still on the sand, could see that Roman had not only the knife that he had been using, but he also had a long wooden handle that was coming out of his pants. She didn't know if it was a hammer or an axe, so she screamed, Lena, run, he has an axe. So Lena then began running back to the car to try to get her cell phone, but as she got back to the car door, Roman had come up behind her and hit her hard in the back of the head with this hammer. 
Stunned, she fell backwards, but managed to continue moving away from him as he followed behind her. He managed to hit her three more times in the head with the hammer before she was able to run far enough away from him to put a little distance between the two of them. Like I said earlier, Roman was six feet, six inches, and Lena was very short. I don't know her exact height, but she's somewhere around five feet tall. So the size difference was enormous. And she outran him? Yeah. Damn. At that point, I think he was also going back to the car because he was going to use the car. But yes, she did outrun him for a time. And we're going to talk about how incredible her running really is in a little while. So Lena had no idea where Beatrice was and was calling out to her because Beatrice had started moving away from the area that she was in. But soon enough, she found her again in the sand. And in that moment, Lena, through the pain and blood coming down from her head, untied Beatrice's hands and then her ankles before the two of them got up. And without really saying much, they decided that their best chance of survival would be if they split up. That way, at least one of them would make it out alive. Completely naked and vulnerable, Beatrice ran left into the sand dunes and hid in the bushes, while Lena ran to the right, down the beach toward the entrance. Roman had gone back to his car and decided that he was going to chase the girls down with that. And since Lena was the only clear target and she was headed toward where they came in, he went after her. The only thing she could do was run in all different directions to avoid getting hit by this car. So she took a hard left into the sand dunes to try and lose Roman in the dunes. Wait, is this like open? I don't get it. Are there trees? No. So there's like open beach where there's, you know, you picture a beach, you see sand and water. But then if you turn to the left, it, it goes into like more like sand dunes and like bushes, like sand bushes. Do you understand? Okay, but there's no like trees. No, there's no trees, but there's like dunes, like hills and of sand and like shrubbery, roughage. Roughage. Is that making sense? Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like beach in the in the middle, water to the right, and then to the left is like dunes and, and plants and, and hills. And rubbish. And roughage, yes. Okay, so there's nowhere she can go where the car will like run into a tree. No, but she was very smart to go into the dunes because it's a lot harder to drive over... Roughage. Over, yes, over the plants, but also like the hills of the dunes. And there was like softer areas where the car could get stuck in the sand. Like there's just, she has a lot better of a chance in the dunes. So she's running in every direction that she possibly can to avoid getting hit by this car. And she's zigzagging through bushes and sand for nearly a kilometer with Heinz constantly on her tail in a car. So, like, I know we, I said that, but, like, let's picture this. He's chasing her in a car, and she's running, and she's five feet tall. So. And she's winning. And she's winning, yes. So, Lena was absolutely flying. Later, after everything, Lena's footprints in the sand were measured, and they were four feet apart. Oh, my God. So, she was hustling. She managed to keep a little distance between her and the car by taking the worst possible route for driving. And the police also went back into the dunes where they were in a four-wheel drive and followed the same route that she took, and their car nearly tipped a few times. So she definitely put Roman through a little bit of a, a maze trying to get to her. 
But there were a few moments where Roman did manage to catch up with her and actually rammed her from behind with the front of the car. He bumped into her four times, and each time she would go flying and hit the sand, but then she would stand back up again and would continue running, as if she wasn't just hit by a car. Four times. Wow. She was so sure she was going to die, but it only motivated her more to keep going because she really didn't want to die. And she didn't want these random dunes in the middle of Australia in like a remote area of the world to be where she ended up. The fourth and final time that he hit her with the car, Lena actually went completely under the car and out the other side as he kept driving. Dude, I was just thinking that. I was like, she needs to go the other way. Well... Yes. So he literally ran her over. I mean, the car is tall enough that she was able to like not be completely squished, but she went under the car. And by that point, she was getting weaker and weaker and knew that she couldn't go on for much longer, which is when she made a split second decision. As Roman turned the car around once again to continue going after her, instead of running away, she ran toward the car. She saw that there was an area of sand that was deep and wet, which is like a bog, and she knew that if he drove through it, the car would get stuck. So she managed to then jump on the front of the car and climbed onto the hood. And then she held onto the antenna of the car, and there was this metal grate on the roof, so she pulled herself onto the roof of the car with the bars of the grate. She said she felt like she was in a movie, like she was James Bond. I know, this is some James Bond shit. It's insane. So Roman immediately got out of the car and was enraged. He screamed at her to get off the fucking roof of the car about 10 times as he tried to get up on top himself, but each time he would try to either grab at her or climb up himself, she would kick him, like in the face. He grabbed the hammer to try to continue hitting Lena, but again, she continued to kick at him and wouldn't allow him to hit her. The whole time, she was bleeding profusely from her head. She had four massive wounds on her scalp. Thankfully, he hadn't cracked her skull, but the wounds were nonstop bleeding and she was definitely concussed. Yeah, I mean, head injuries are the fucking worst, and they bleed like no other. Oh, yeah. She said that the blood was coming down like black rain dripping onto the roof of the car, which is when she knew how seriously she actually had been injured because her head hadn't stopped dripping blood at any point. And especially since she was running for her life, her heart was pumping so hard and fast that the blood was coming out even faster. So since Roman was unable to get her off of the roof, he decided he would get back into the car and he was able to get out of the bog and decided to try to throw her off by driving erratically. He started driving down the beach and when that didn't work, he went back into the dunes and thrashed the car around as much as he could. And all the time, Lena was holding on for dear life on the roof to this grate. If this doesn't sound like a movie, I don't know what does. Truly. She said she felt as if she was on a bull in a rodeo, like she was just holding on and being thrashed around and like there was not much she could do to control the situation. She just had to hold on for dear life. Right. Beatrice, who was absolutely petrified that Roman was going to come back, was still hiding in the bush in the dunes, which is when she saw another car approaching. 
She took a really good look at it because she didn't want to blow her cover if it had been Roman driving toward her, but when she saw that it was a different car, she immediately sprinted out of her hiding spot, waving her hands. It was a group of young guys who were completely stunned to see a naked girl running out from the sand dunes screaming. She ran over to the side of their car and they let her in and gave her a blanket and one guy literally gave her some of the clothes off of his back to cover up with as she told them what was going on. They thought this whole situation was weird, but as she told her story, they knew that things were very serious. She told them that she had been sexually assaulted and the man who did it had her friend somewhere on the beach. The young fisherman immediately called Adam Stewart who was the owner of the local and only roadhouse in the area. They told him what happened to Beatrice and to call the police. And Adam Stewart did call the police, but also started heading out to the beach himself because Salt Creek was so remote that the nearest police station was two hours away. Wow. Yeah, Adam Stewart literally owned the only like convenience store on the side of the road near this beach. So they called him and he was like, okay, I'm coming out myself because he knew this this area like the back of his hand and also he called the police. Right. And I mean, he's going to get there two hours before they do. Exactly. So as he did that, the guys told Beatrice that they were going to drive her off of the beach to get her to safety. But Beatrice didn't want to leave since Lena was still out there. So she convinced the guys to drive her around to look for her friend. She said that there was no way she was going to leave Lena behind. After searching the beach for some time, they told Beatrice that they had to get her some help, and she agreed, but as they were leaving the beach, there was another car of campers entering. So before taking Beatrice to the Salt Creek Roadhouse, the two cars stopped to talk to each other at the entrance of the beach, and they informed this new car of exactly what was going on. That way, they could keep an eye out for Lena. Wait, so... I wonder what the second car of people said. Were they like immediately on board or they're like, well, we'll keep an eye out for her, but like this is our vacation. No, I think they they were going to keep an eye out for her. And it was just like another car of fishermen. So it was like another group of young men or people who were going out there to fish. So they weren't going to necessarily go out and like search for her themselves, but they said that if anyone drove past them that they would, you know, look and see if it was her. Yeah. So. so essentially what I said. I don't know. I wasn't there I mean, for the just, exchange, but. Yeah, me either. But it's just like such a weird situation to walk into. It is. Like, are you going to go out in the bush and look for her? I don't know. I mean, this guy is kind of crazy and it's a little scary, but yeah. So this first car of guys who have Beatrice, they're taking her back to the Salt Creek Roadhouse. But now there are more people who know about the situation. Adam Stewart is coming out there. The police are on their way. So at the very least, there are kind of people searching for her, so that's good. Meanwhile, Lena was still hanging on to the roof of Roman's car. She never gave up. They had driven for about another kilometer until once again he got the car bogged and got out of the car. So he then asked her to hand him a shovel that was on the roof of the car and told her to get off because he was done driving with her on it. He told her that this was ridiculous, which she responded by asking him how it was ridiculous that she was on the roof because he had tried to kill her. And she also told him that she wasn't going to just hand him the shovel because he could use that to try to kill her too. She told him the only way that she would get off the roof is if he threw away his weapons. 
He had two hammers and a knife, and remarkably, he listened to her and threw them as far away as he could. She also got him to hand her a towel and her hat to try and slow down the bleeding, and he agreed that if she got back into the car, he wouldn't touch her, and he would drive her to the entrance. What? So she got down from the roof and then got into the front seat with Roman. What in the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. Are you serious? I am this serious. This is true? This is true. I mean, she didn't have much of a choice. He didn't have much of a choice. They were both stuck in this situation. I don't, I, I can't say whether or not this is like a uh, the wrong call or the right call. I mean, Lena I mean, put up an insane amount of fight, but she was losing blood and was concussed and was weak. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not judging any calls here. Yeah. But like, this is just such a bizarre result. Yes. You end up getting in the front seat with the guy who just tried to kill you for like 20 minutes. Longer than that, but yes. Just insanity. Yeah. I mean, like I said, neither of them had much of a choice. Lena was losing a lot of blood and was very concussed. And Roman had no idea where Beatrice was and it was getting dark. As he pulled the car off of the sand dunes and back onto the beach, he saw all these cars off in the distance, and he raced past this group of fishermen. And as Roman drove through their campsite, one of the guys had seen that there was a young girl in his car who was covered in blood. She was kind of hanging out of the window at this point and started waving her arm as she was slumped over the window almost like she had no energy left. It was definitely shocking to see, but they decided to get into their cars and follow Roman, which is when he tried turning into the sand dunes again and in turn ended up bogged for the third time. So now his car is stuck in the sand for a third time, which is when Lena calmly got out of the car and opened the back door, grabbed her bags out of the back seat and said, I'm going with them now. Because these cars were just like driving up to Roman, who was stuck in the sand. So she took full advantage of the situation. Roman also got out and stood by the driver's side as he looked out at the cars in the distance and told Lena, please stay. We can sort this out. What the fuck? Isn't this insane? <laughs> who is this man? In what world does that make sense to you to come out of your pie hole? He has no other option like there's nothing he can do now there's witnesses i mean aren't we a little past that i don't think you need a witness to be able to tell that you hit somebody in the head with a hammer four times oh for sure i mean now that she's out of the car there wasn't much he could do other than just be like please stay don't go toward them you know yeah i mean yeah so she dropped her things in the sand and then started staggering toward them and she said she looked back a few times at Roman to make sure he wasn't chasing after her, which he miraculously was not. She said he had a kind of confused look on his face as she ran off toward the other cars. Lena was so covered in blood by that point that the fishermen couldn't tell whether she was a man or a woman, what her skin color was, what color her hair was, or what color clothes she was wearing as she staggered up to them. Oh my god. They were so scared by the sight of her that they didn't even approach her. They let her come to them. I can't imagine seeing someone covered in that much blood. I mean, she's essentially completely covered head to toe in blood. Yeah, I was like, so she is actually all red. Yes. 
Yeah, and well, so she was covered with dried blood and fresh blood. So the dried blood made her look like almost like completely like a, a shadow of a person. And then the red mixed on top of it was like very mm. eerie as well. Yeah, no, that's like a horror film. Yeah. Roman definitely didn't stick around for Lena's rescue. He managed to unbog his car and fled the scene in his four-wheel drive. Sunlight was fading fast, and he had hundreds of kilometers of sand dunes, and he had hundreds of kilometers of sand dunes to cover before he could make it off of the beach. He was basically racing against the clock to get away at that point. He knew that very soon there would be people coming after him, and he didn't want to be on the beach for that. No one knew Salt Creek better than Adam Stewart, so police actually recruited him to help catch Roman Hines, who was still on the run. So after driving down the beach for a while, they saw his car off in the dunes. This man keeps getting bogged. I mean, it's good. I'm glad he kept getting bogged. But this is like the fourth time he got his car stuck in the sand. Dummy. It's a good thing, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Roman was sitting in his car with his hands on the wheel as Adam Stewart pulled up. They stared at each other for a moment with Adam's foot on the accelerator waiting for Roman to do something or to pull something because he said if he tried anything, he would just T-bone Roman and end it there. So he was almost like wanting it. He's like, try me. I will hit you with my car. I do not care. (laughs) I love that energy, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, that is very you energy. Yeah, like, okay. try it. Yes, I really love I would love, I would love if you did this. Yeah. So by that point, the fight was completely out of Roman. He was pulled out of the car and arrested by two officers in the sand. Both Beatrice and Lena were airlifted from the Salt Creek Roadhouse to the hospital because like the police station, the hospital was hours away as well. However, by that point, Lena was unconscious. On the journey, Beatrice was so scared for Lena and felt incredibly guilty because she said that she had invited Lena on that trip and if it weren't for her, they wouldn't have been in that mess to begin with. She was so worried that Lena would be mad at her and never forgive her for what she had done. But once they arrived at the hospital and Lena was awake, she said she was never angry with her friend and she was just glad that they were able to get out of there. Beatrice absolutely looked at Lena as if she saved her life, which she did. I mean, Lena completely saved Beatrice's life, and in turn, Beatrice saved Lena's. I mean, they're both just incredibly brave women. Absolutely. As news of the attack broke in Australia, Roman Hines' ex-girlfriend Sylvia Clark was devastated. Only a month prior to the attack, Sylvia had ended her relationship with Roman because he had been extremely physically abusive toward her and had raped her. She never went to the police with that information, but she managed to get away from him before they went on their planned camping trip to Salt Creek. Wow. So when Sylvia saw his car on the news at Salt Creek, she immediately knew that it was Roman. She was absolutely beside herself because she felt like if she had gone to the police, those girls never would have been attacked. She said she was so relieved to find out that they managed to survive and that there were people on the beach who got them out of that extremely dangerous situation. Because Sylvia said there was no doubt in her mind that if there weren't people on the beach, he would have killed both of them. 
And she also recognizes that if she had gone out to Salt Creek, she most likely would have been killed as well. So let's talk a bit about Roman Hines. He had been married twice and actually has five kids. He was originally a chef, but gave up on that career to care for his father after his mother and oldest brother died. After his arrest, police searched Roman's home where they found a library of sadistic porn on his computer. And actually, police were able to figure out the last time Roman had accessed these files on his computer, and that was only a few hours before he had picked up Beatrice and Lena. So this trip was a very premeditated attack, and he had some very disgusting, sadistic intentions. It also came out that Roman Hines had been found guilty of indecent assault in the past against two backpackers in 2014. And there were a lucky 12 women who got away from Roman Hines after they declined his offer for a ride leading up to the Salt Creek attack. Wow, so he tried this with 12 other women? Yes. He was regularly trolling Gumtree to prey on young single backpackers. And before Lena and Beatrice, there had been a young Japanese backpacker who had accepted a ride from Roman, and she immediately got a strange feeling from him. So throughout their entire drive, she had been taking photos of herself and posting them online to keep her family updated on where she was the entire trip. Smart. Yeah. So Roman got them all the way out to Salt Creek before he realized what she had been doing. And once he figured out that she had been updating her social media the entire way and everyone on her social media knew where she was, he told her that he better just take her home. As soon as they got there, he was like, actually, I'm just going to take you home. Even worse, four years prior, Roman Hines had stopped at the one roadhouse owned by Adam Stewart for supplies for a fishing and camping trip out in Salt Creek with a young blonde woman who was presumably another backpacker. But two days later, when Roman stopped at the same small shop on the side of the road on his way out, there was no sign of the woman. No one knows who that woman was or what happened to her, but it's believed that there is a very good chance she never left the beach. So without her information, it's hard to say, but police continued to investigate that. So I hope that she did, but it's very possible that he killed her and buried her on the beach. Roman Hines was found guilty of all charges against him, apart from the attempted murder of Lena, and was sentenced to 22 years and has to serve 17 years before he can apply for parole. In sentencing, Justice Trish Kelly called Roman Hines an inhuman, primitive, sex-obsessed predator who will pose a threat to women as long as he lives. She also said she has no reason to believe he will ever rehabilitate, which sounds to me like there's a good chance he won't get out after 17 years. You would hope. I really do hope. So in lighter news... Beatrice is still living in Brazil with her partner, James. She struggles a lot with fear. She doesn't like to go out past sunset, and she's scared of people out and about, which is completely understandable, in my opinion. Lena recovered from her physical injuries, but like Beatrice, still suffers from mental trauma from the incident. This attack hasn't lowered Beatrice or Lena's desire to travel, though. They still love Australia, and they said that they more blame the person rather than the place. 
Lena actually stayed in Australia for a time and said to Roman in court that he cannot destroy her love for this country or her dream of seeing the country. And Beatrice said she thinks that the Australian people were really incredible for the way that they treated her and Lena. Beatrice said that she knows Roman Hines is a very sick person and she is extremely glad that he is behind bars and can't hurt anyone else, but she tries to not have any bad feelings about what happened because at the end of the day, the only person that it's going to affect is her. Lena said through all of this, she learned that she has an incredible strength that she didn't know she had. And she said to Roman in court as well, quote, I want you to know, Roman, that you could not defeat me. You could not break me. You could not win, even when you tried so hard. There isn't a ton else about where they are now, but I think that's okay because they deserve their privacy. Amen. But that is the story of Lena and Beatrice and their awful trip to Salt Creek. The absolute marathon that Lena went through. She pretty much probably sprinted what a kilometer or yeah. more she yeah she sprinted a kilometer how how many miles are in a kilometer or like what's a, a kilometer? kilometer is a little bit less than a mile okay so like when you run a 5k it's like five kilometers it's okay. about 3.1 miles okay but so, i mean it's long yeah no for to her to sprint spr- yeah and her footprints were four feet apart yeah that's what i was gonna say that's insane yeah she's five foot mm-hmm. so yeah i mean like what adrenaline can do is pretty amazing and then she hung on to the top of the car i mean i'm sure he wasn't taking it easy no he was actively trying to get her off right yeah and she at the same time is concussed she was hit with a hammer in the head three times three or four times yeah yeah probably lost at least half her blood no i mean she passed out in the car on the way to the hospital yeah i mean i don't know how you do that i mean both of them both of their bravery throughout this entire story is just unmatched. Like, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, both of them outsmarted this man and, like, everything was against them. Like, he had the upper hand in every right, you know? Like, he knew the area. He was six feet, six inches tall. He had the four-wheel drive. He had a knife, two hammers, rope. Like, he had everything set up to actively kill these women in like the most heinous way and both of them outsmarted him and saved each other i mean when beatrice outsmarted him and got him to go back to the camp and she screamed for lena and then lena got out of the car and actively walked toward this man who was attacking her friend who was naked in the sand like and then he hit her with a hammer and then she went back to her friend untied her like it's just there's so many things that are so incredible about this story. I mean, the running away from the car alone is like such an incredible feat that that's like insane. But then Beatrice got help. And instead of immediately getting taken to safety, she was like, no, I need to look for my friend. Like I need to save my friend. So they both just went back and forth, like saving each other's lives. And it's not like they were best friends for life. Like they weren't sisters. Like they had met each other only probably a few days prior. So I think it just says so much about like who they are as people and how strong they are and their intense bravery and will to live. It's really incredible. Amen to that. I'm not going to say it better than that. So <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. Thanks. Um, yeah. And Roman Hines deserves to rot in prison. Yeah. I was going to say though, seven at least 17 years to 22 does seem decent yeah i mean usually i'm like 
especially for crimes like this, it's like absolutely. And and you know. the justice said she doesn't think he's going to get out after seventeen, so it probably will be twenty two. And he's already fifty nine, so yeah, you know, there's no saying what'll happen, but he deserves all the time that he's been given, and then some. Yep. But that's that on that. Why don't you tell me your good thing? Why don't you tell me your good thing? I sure could. My good thing is the Christmas tree being up. I think it's fun. I love ornaments and it's very fun to put them up and have a little bit of spice in life. (laughs) You know, I broke out my Christmassy scented candles, even though we still have Thanksgiving. I don't care. Um, (laughs) It's of the three holidays, maybe number three, right? Yeah. uh, No. I'd say it's above New Year's. It's above New Year's. Yes, for sure. Well, okay. But it's number three. You would say Halloween and Christmas are above? Oh, maybe. I don't know. You don't know? I mean, Thanksgiving is great. It slaps. But Christmas, there's nothing like... I mean, I I kind of lump Christmas and Thanksgiving in together. Because they're, it's like you, you get the holidays. You have the same kind of scents, the, the same kind of treats. Like, it's all... Who cares? We can have a Thanksgiving tree. Right. Anyway, what's your good thing? A Thanksgiving tree. Yeah. It's it's there's no there's nothing There's super, no rules. There's no rules. Right? It's all everything's a, everything's made up. We're all just humans living on a rock in space. Like everything's made up. I can put my tree on. <laughs> I can put my tree up, damn it. Who said I couldn't? Anyway, what's your good thing? No, I'm just thinking about like you doing something totally crazy at like a Target. <laughs> like you're trying to buy twelve candles, you're like what? We're all humans in space on a rock. I'm going to buy 12 candles. There's absolutely no rules. I could absolutely buy 12 candles tomorrow. And that sounds lovely. Maybe I will. What's your good thing? <laughs> oh, uh, my good thing is that one of my coworkers continues to bring in 85 degrees Celsius. Which is a Korean bakery. It is top notch. Yeah, it's basically like this incredible place where they just have like a million buns and cakes and things out. They're just like a dollar or two dollars or three dollars per per each like bakery item. And you could just get so many and they're so good. So I'm highly jealous that you get them for for whatever, like at work. Yeah. So shout out to him. I already told him thank you. But I mean, it was it was lit. It yeah. was lit. With this bakery, mm-hmm. it's amazing because you can eat four things that they've made and you don't feel like you're going to die. Oh, it's incredible. Because just bun to the face. Yeah. Matcha roll. And like a big bun. Red bean. Yeah. yeah. To the face. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yes. Move on to the taro roll. Yep. Fine. Yep. Maybe a little coconut bite. Ooh. A little coconut bite. Ooh, I love those. It's really good. Soft, tender, moist, sweet. Very nice. But not so, too sweet. But not too sweet. And that's, you know, that's what I really love about 85 degrees Celsius because I'll cut up, <laughs> I'll cut up everything into like pieces and I'll just graze throughout the day because I have no self-control. Who does? And In this economy? Please. And, and this is where we end up. Yeah. So. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you would like to vote on bonus episodes that we post and join a cool community where you get to chat with us whenever you want. Or don't want. Or don't want. I mean, hell, we're not that great anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) we're just people. Um, Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. 
If you or anyone you know has a story that is crazy that you would like to share with us and potentially hear on an upcoming listeners episode, send it to knowtodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is not today podcast and a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.